let's close our eyes. You want to pray for the person sitting beside you and ask the Lord Jesus to reveal himself to the person sitting beside you. Listen, okay? You're asking the Lord Jesus Christ, please reveal yourself to my friend, my brother, my sister sitting beside me, left and right. Pray. Koranda masam furias. Lebaradosh kisha hasotem felo pradikia. Balam vero pradeles koshilem vosumuria kapazadayas. Thank you for your presence, Jesus. Thank you for your holy presence. Reveal yourself to us. Manifest yourself to us. We pray for one another, Lord. Now I want you to pray for yourself. Say, Lord Jesus, let me hear your voice this morning i want you to speak to me personally pray korolobosh jibanda maradoske kiparyandelelebaya holy spirit you are welcome in this place holy spirit you are welcome in this place koronda lavasetoliaba sweet heavenly dove you are welcome in this place Palando shelo vasuki mariados ke shola babariadi kasofalas. Shupara velos le melende le kelinda lava la beluski solom volila. La leya mazeduan de likendo rosin televilom bradikihas. Shopan de le veros kilim vasurias. Opinawa ies. Opinawa hats. Give us a hearing ear and a seeing eye and an understanding heart to perceive what the Spirit is saying to us. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Last week we started talking about fasting. And we talked about going deeper and further with God more than ever before because, you know, there is more, more to life, more to faith, more to you. Going deeper and further with God, fasting. And if you remember, we talked about being hungry, not for awache. Being hungry, not for omotuo. Being hungry, not for rice and contumely stew. Being hungry for God, right? Being hungry for God. That's what we talked about. And we looked at what it means, really, to be hungry for God. We looked at this scripture. We talked about a great banquet, a man who threw a great banquet and invited people. He sent out invitation cards to people and asked them to come for this great banquet that I am throwing. 
And the people began to give excuse why they cannot come. Someone said, I have bought five yoke of oxen. I have to try them out. Another one said, I have married a wife, so I cannot come. And so when the master heard what these people he has invited are saying, he told his servants, go into the streets, go into the poor areas, the ghettos, and go and call the poor, the crippled, the lame, the blind, go and call them into my banquet that I have thrown. Because the food can't go waste, you know? You throw a banquet with all this food, you don't want to throw it into garbage. So if the cripple, the blind, the lame are available to eat, why not? Go and bring them to enjoy my banquet. Because there is food in my banquet. And the people did that. And they brought all the poor, the lame, the crippled, the blind. And they came and said to the master, we have brought all of them, but still there is room. It's a great banquet. Big banquet. I mean, imagine all the poor, the crippled, the lame in downtown Toronto were brought to a banquet. Right? Such a big banquet. And still there is room. Now I have important information for all of you. Still there is room. Still there is room at the banquet table of God's love for you and for me. God is still inviting people to enjoy him as the food. That's why we're talking about being hungry for God. Not being hungry for something else, but for God. And if you are hungry, guess what? You are invited. It's up to you and to me if we will honor that invitation. So we looked at how what often keeps us from accepting God's gift is not the devil, but it's actually the things that God has blessed us with. The gifts that God himself has given us oftentimes are the very things that prevent us from going deeper and further with God. Remember, fasting, going deeper and further with God. It's the very blessings that God has given us that prevent us from going deeper and further with God. We talk of fasting. And a lot of excuses that people give, we cannot fast because you are so blessed. There is always food at home. It's a blessing that there should always be food at home. It's not every home that there is always food. Here in Canada, there are homes that don't have food always. I remember one time I was at the grocery store buying my stuff, doing grocery. And this woman, my God walked up, you could see that she's a mother with some children at home. And she was in the grocery store trying to find something like food that she can take home, but she didn't have money. So she picked the thing from the aisle, looked at me, perhaps she thought that I might be a nice man. She picked it up and came to me and said, Sir, please, can you pay for this for me? This is here in Canada. And I said, for sure, why not? Is that all? Pick something else. She said, no, that's okay. And I could tell in my heart that she needed that food for her children at home. And she's here. So it's not every home that has food. 
Do you understand? But it's that blessing that God has given you and I. That we have food at our home always. And so we tell him, um, Lord, I just got delivery of a big cake at home. So now is not the right time to fast, you know. I have to test the cake to see how good it tastes. So the greatest adversary of love to God is not his enemies, but his gifts. What gifts has God blessed you with that is keeping you from going deeper? We looked at this scripture. We talked about how the pleasures of this life are what keeps us away from bearing fruit. The pleasures. They are not necessarily sin. Isn't it pleasurable to eat good food? Hey, it's cool, of course. Good food tastes good. And I like good food. You know? But it's these pleasures that hinder us from going deeper with God. Now, we also looked at how fasting is the means by which you can overcome this temptation to idolize God's blessings that he has given to us. It's good. You can't say, um, because these blessings keep me away from God, then I don't want these blessings. No, I want them. I want, I want God to give me food always in my home, in my fridge. I want my fridge to be full all the time. Wouldn't you like that? You open the fridge, there's all kinds of food. I want that blessing. I want God to bless me and my family. But I also don't want those blessings to hinder me. So how do I overcome that hindrance? Fasting. Fasting helps you to still desire for God without these blessings becoming a hindrance. Okay? And so we learned... The fasting us helps us to ask repeatedly, do I really hunger for God? Do I miss him? Do I long for him? Or have I begun to be content? Like I'm so content, I'm so comfortable. I, I really don't really care. God, you can take care of yourself. I'm good down here all by myself. Is that what we're really saying? Indirectly, unintentionally? Or we actually want God? That we can actually say to God, you know, you can take all these things away if only you can give me yourself. And that's what you are actually saying when you put yourself through the discipline of fasting. Because fasting is not easy. It requires discipline. So, some people came to Jesus, looked at this scripture, asking Jesus, why is it that we always fast and your disciples never fast? Right? We are the disciples of John the Baptist were always fasting. The Pharisees were always fasting. But the disciples of Jesus, John, Peter, James, Bartholomew, Philip, Matthew, Levi. Matthew was Levi. Who else? Thaddeus. What other disciple of Jesus do you know? Hey. Judas. James. Right? There were two James. James, the son of Zebedee, I believe, and James, the son of Alphaeus. All these disciples of Jesus, they were with Jesus. They were, guess what? They were making chose all the time. They were always eating. They were always eating. Always eating. Because, you know what? Jesus was invited oftentimes to a party. This one says, I'm having a wedding. Jesus, come. And the disciples would go along. And they'll go, they sit at the banquet table, they'll eat all the food. They are walking through the field of corn. 
the disciples would break the corn and eat. They were always eating, never fasting. Never fasting. So the disciples of John and, and the Pharisees were worried. How come we are always fasting and your disciples and have never fast? Jesus said to them, how will the friends of the bridegroom, those who have the bridegroom, fast as long as the bridegroom is with them? Can you imagine going to a wedding and the bridal party? They are sitting at the table and they are not eating. And you ask them, they say, oh, we are fasting. You guys eat. We are fasting. Can you, can, will you believe that? No. It's wedding. The bridegroom is sitting at the table with the bride. And we are the bridal party. What do you mean you are fasting? It's time to eat. Because the bridegroom is with us. But when the bridegroom is taken away, write your question. When the bridegroom is taken away, and remind me, because last week I forgot to, to take the questions. Remind me at the end, okay? When the bridegroom is taken away, then, Jesus said, then will they fast. Why? Because the object of their desire, the one that everything is about, right? When you're having a wedding, it's all about the bride and the bridegroom, right? When the bridegroom is no longer there, when the people that are with the bridegroom, they want the bridegroom. They want to see him. Where is he? Where has he gone? And so they don't, they don't want to feel comfortable anymore. Now they begin to fast and desire and cry for him. Okay? Are you with me? So Jesus said, when the bridegroom is taken away from them, then they will fast in that day. Who is our bridegroom? Jesus. Jesus is no longer with us physically, right? Even though he's with us all the time, physically he's no longer with us. And so we are in the season where we as his bride must engage in fasting often because I want to see my bridegroom. That's why I said pray for one another that Jesus Christ will be revealed to you. You know, you want that revelation of your bridegroom to you. Do you understand? It's more than seeing Zion, right? It's seeing Jesus. <laughs> Amen. Now, let's move on. So, we talked about fasting reveals a measure of food's mastery over you, and that Christian fasting is a test to see what desires control us. What are your bottom line passions? And when I was talking about bottom line passions, I was like, when you are stripped of everything you have, down to your bare minimum, your core person, what will remain? That's your bottom line passions. What, at the end of the day, are you really passionate about? What do you really want to see in this life? What are you really after in this life? All is said and done. If you could have only one thing in this life, what will that one thing be? Would it be for a soccer ball? Would it be for a fridge? Would it be for a husband? Or would it be for a child? Or would it be for God? Which one is your bottom line passions? I tell you mine, I don't even need to think about it. I don't need to even pray about it. I knew it long time ago that if there is one thing that I want in this life, more than anything else, 
that I will willingly and gladly trade everything else for. I knew it without any doubt that it is God. It is God. I've always desired for God, wanting more of God. Your bottom line passions is revealed by your willingness to engage in spiritual disciplines like fasting. Okay? So, we look, remember we talked about the story of Abraham. How God asked him to sacrifice his only son called Isaac. His only son. Remember, Abraham was 99 years when he had, was it 99 or 100? 99 or one of them. When he had Isaac at that age, he's had a miracle. God's given him a gift. Now he has Isaac. Sarah is 90 years old. Very old. Now we have a son. Wow. Thank God. All of a sudden, they wake up in the morning and God says, go and sacrifice Isaac. I mean, what are you talking about, God? I am 99. I should kill Isaac. Then what am I, how am I going to have another child? Sarah is 90 years old. To kill my son, Isaac? Remember, the things, are you listening? The things that keep us from going deeper and further with God are what? The gifts that God has given us. I need you to pay attention. Pay attention. So Abraham, because of his love for God, because he wanted to show God, I want you more than anything else, including my son, Isaac. I want you more than anything else, including what my wife will think. Right? He gave up Isaac. And when he did, God said, Now I know that you fear God, seeing you have not withheld your son, your only son, from me. Abraham could have gone about, like many people do, saying, I fear you, God. I love you, God. You are the best thing that happened to me, God. You are everything that I want, God. You know, saying it is one thing, but proving it is another thing. Abraham confessed all of that, but God never said, I know you fear me. It was not until he proved it by sacrificing the very thing that was dearest to him. And God said, now I know, now I know that you fear God. What will it take for us to also prove our passion for God. Pay attention. So, before we go ahead, I want us to watch this video. Pay attention. The health benefits of Bible practices. We've already told you doctors say forgiveness, resting, and letting go of worry are good for your body. Now, you can add fasting to the list. Lori Johnson explains. It appears fasting dramatically strengthens our immune system. Researchers at the University of Southern California studied humans and mice who went without food for two to four days at a time for six months. The fasting triggered their bodies to get rid of old, inefficient cells 
and regenerate new healthy ones. This means fasting could be a key to aging well because as we get older, our immune system weakens, making us more vulnerable to disease. Fasting could prove especially beneficial to people going through chemotherapy or who suffer from autoimmune disorders. Fasting reduces the enzyme PKA, clearing the way for stem cells to renew, and lowers levels of the IGF-1 growth hormone, which is linked to cancer. One of the study authors compared it to lightening a plane of excess baggage, saying when you starve, the system tries to save energy, and one of the things it can do to save energy is to recycle a lot of the immune cells that are not needed, especially those that may be damaged. So what's good for our spiritual health also appears to be good for our physical health. Lori Johnson, CBN News. And Pat, once again, the Bible has the answer. It's got the answer. Uh, our good friend Chauncey Crandall has come out. He's a noted cardiologist, and he's been uh, advocating fasting. A couple of days fasting uh, makes a huge difference, a huge difference. Amen. Easier said than done, but it's yeah, it is it's wonderful said. when you can actually yeah, do it. You right. feel so good. Yeah. yeah. Okay. okay. Thanks. So that video is just giving you a brief snapshot of the physical scientific benefits of fasting. Now, what I want you to ask yourself is if even my physical body benefits from fasting, how much more my spiritual body? There are spiritual benefits of fasting that you want to be aware of so that when you engage in fasting, you make sure you are reaping those benefits. Okay? Before we talk about the benefits, spiritual benefits of fasting, I'll talk about that towards the end. I want us to look into, this was what we left off last week, into why God created bread and hunger, water and thirst. And I touched on this a bit last week. Jesus said, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me shall not hunger, and whoever believes in me shall never thirst. If you remember, I was telling you, if there is Adum Bakery bread and Jesus the bread of life, which one would you choose? Right? Especially in a season of fasting, you have a choice to make. To pick up Adum Bakery or to pick up Jesus, the bread of life. And he said, whoever comes to me shall not hunger, and whoever believes in me shall never thirst. So if there is, um, what, ice cup, and Jesus, the living water, which one would you pick in a season of fasting? Right? When the weather is hot, and the ice cup is looking all nice. <laughs> Right? And there is Jesus, the living water. Which one would you pick? Why did God create bread and hunger, water and thirst? Pay attention, Ruthie. Why did God create bread and hunger, water and thirst? See, I said last week, 
God could have made us in a way that you'd never have to feel hungry. Right? You're just there. You don't even have to eat. Your body will just grow. Right? And you don't have to feel thirsty. You don't need water. Your body will just function. God could have made us that way. Don't you think so, Jonathan? Yeah, he could have. But why did he have to create us to feel hungry? And why did he have to create us to feel thirsty? So that we can understand what it means to go after God. So we can understand what it means to chase after Jesus. To say that, I want Jesus. We understand what it means. When somebody says, I, I'm hungry for God. Because God, everything he has made is for his glory. is to teach us something. The same way when you are hungry for food, all you want to do is to eat and not to play. Right? When you are really hungry, your instincts don't tell you to play. Your instincts tell you to find some food and consume it. And so it's that same thing with our spiritual life. Nick, it's that same thing. That when you are really hungry for God, all you want to do is to chase after God. It says, Jesus said to the Samaritan woman, everyone who drinks of this water will be thirsty again. Jesus was talking about physical water. The things of this life it was representing. Whoever drinks of this water will be thirsty again, but whoever drinks of the water that I will give him will never be thirsty again. Jesus is the real satisfaction. You know, many people are seeking for things in this life. Things to make them happy, going after um, celebrities, going after um, money, going after certain passions in this world that will make them happy. Um, some people think that marriage is what will make them happy. And so all their life, they are going after a certain guy that they have seen who looks like um, Mr. Charm um, with all the, what, um, six-pack and the muzzles and everything, right? Going after him will make me happy. He can pull beside me with his BMW and he's looking all charmy and all of that. You know? And some guys also think that it's this beautiful woman who will make them happy, who looks so nice. Um, <laughs> are you listening? Guys, are you listening? It's like, what are some of the, what are some of like the, 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 the appearance of the women that you guys are looking for? Eh? Fair colored, or maybe chocolate, or uh, in between chocolate and fair, with some hair, long, and then they're walking like that, you know, and, and they can talk very nicely, the way they speak, you know? And, 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 and some guys think that, you know, that's the woman I want to be with and to be going after her, you know? But Jesus said, whoever drinks of this water will do what? Will thirst again. What is it that you think when I get this, I'll be happy? I mean, think about your life as you've grown up. You know, my son, Elijah, he wanted a certain toy. You know, he's... He's a Thomas fan. Thomas, 
He loves, like he loves Thomas. He, he can name all the trains for you. And, and so, are you listening? Guys, you're listening, right? Or you don't want me to tell you the story? Okay, so there is this different variant of Thomas called Streamlined Thomas. And he told me he wants it. I searched everywhere. Like, I went to Walmart. I searched um, Amazon. I searched uh, Toys R Us. Like, there's my, 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 even I talked to my manager about it because she also knows a lot of, she gave me some stores. I checked them out. They didn't have Streamline Thomas. Every day when I come home, Daddy, my Streamline Thomas. I said, I'm still looking for it. He never gave up. So one time I was searching, and then I searched on eBay, and in Japan, there was somebody selling the Streamline Thomas in Japan. So I ordered it. I ordered two because, of course, I don't want him and Elisha to be fighting over the one Streamline Thomas. So I ordered two, and it came, and I was saying to myself, now I'm going to be free. Streamline Thomas has arrived. Hmm. Streamline Thomas arrived and I get I put the battery in and I get him. Oh daddy, you are the best and all that. He said that he went to play with it for a couple of hours. I was in the room, he came. Um daddy <laughs> You know Streamline Thomas is working really well, but I think if um, I had Annie and Clarabelle that he could push, it would be very nice. I just shook my head. And I remember what Jesus said. Whoever drinks of this water will thirst again. You think that when I get this thing, I'll, I'll be satisfied. Like this will be it. I won't want anything else. Daddy, just get me Streamline Thomas. That will be enough. Now you have Streamline Thomas and you want Annie and Clarabelle. That Streamline Thomas can push. That's how we all are, you know. What is it that is making you think that it's worth pursuing more than God? Are you guys listening? Are you listening? You think that this is worth pursuing more than God? Oh, if I get this, you know, some of us, what we say is, um, I just want to finish my school, get into my career, and when I'm all settled down, I'll be real serious about God. You're, you're, you're just deceiving yourself. You know, you're just deceiving yourself. You will never get into God. You, you have to pursue God now. Like, I mean now. And it will follow you through your life. Okay? Whoever drinks of this water will thirst again. But whoever, that young man, that young lady who says, I want to drink of the water that Jesus gives. He said, that person, they will never thirst. Because I will satisfy them. They will not want anything else. When they get me, they will be satisfied all through their life. Amen? So, I want, to look, I want us to look closely at two people who had a certain passion for God. And Pastor Michaela talked to us about David in his very powerful sermon on Youth Day. Right? About the passion of David. I want us to look closely into it further. The passion of David, the man after God's own heart. I mean, how, how would you like to be described as the woman after God's own heart. I mean, Vanessa, wouldn't you like that? 
that God actually mentions your name, Myra, and says, you are after my own heart. Oh my God, I would, I, I don't know what I'll do. It'll just be awesome. It will be the best thing that I ever heard for God to describe me as somebody after his own heart. <coughs> David was described as such. So I ask myself, are you listening? What was it about David that made God like him so much? Because David was not perfect. I mean, come on. David was not perfect at all. He slept with somebody's wife. You know that. And then killed the person's husband. How wicked could that be? And yet God still describes him as a man after my own heart. He must have been doing something that we are not aware of. As I look closely, you see, God says, you are a man after my own heart. As I look closely about the life of David, I realize that it's cold. I realize that David, give me a moment, let me, let me turn up the... How many of us are feeling cold? It's fine. Okay, we'll be done very soon, okay? All right. So David, guys, you're listening, right? He said something. The man after my own heart. God says David's a man after his own heart, right? And we're looking closely into David's life to find out how, what was it about him, in spite of all his imperfections, that God described him as a man after my own heart. Then I saw something David said in Psalm 35, verse 13. He says, I humbled myself with what? Fasting. I humbled myself with fasting. I humbled. Do you know that one of the people that God doesn't like at all in this life are proud people? In fact, God says he sets up himself to fight people who are proud. He literally takes them on in a boxing to fight them when he sees that you are a proud person. God is against you. Do you know that? Do you know, proud people, the Bible says, the fool has said in his heart that there is what? There is no God. It is proud people who don't want anything to do with God. Because to, to want God, you have to be humble. To submit yourself to God. And say, you are God. You are big. You are everything. Like you give God all the glory. So you have to be humble to do that. But when you want people to give you the glory, you don't do that, right? And that's how come God loved David. Fasting helps you to humble yourself. David said, I humbled my soul with fasting. He killed Bathsheba's husband, committed adultery. When the prophet came to him and said, you have done this wrong. You know what a proud person will do? Because he was the king. Right? I'm the king. So a proud person will just sit on his throne and say, you Nathan, what do you, who do you think you are? I'm the king. I can do whatever I want. Any of the women in my kingdom I can have for myself. So what's the big deal if I slept with Bathsheba? 
and I killed his husband. I am the king. I can do whatever I want. Can, can you say that? That's what a proud person will do. But you know what David did? The moment the prophet said, you, David, have done this. Bible said he came up from his throne and then he fell on his knees and then he said, oh God, I have sinned. You know what it means in Israel for a king to come down from his throne and kneel down whilst all his subjects are there? It, it's, 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 it doesn't happen because the king is seen with a lot of respect for the king to come and kneel down when everybody is there on national television and the king kneels down and says, I have sinned. And then he began to compose that psalm, create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. Cast me not away from your presence and do not take your Holy Spirit away from me. He said, remember my frame because it was in sin that I was conceived. Lord, forgive me. And he prayed and God forgave him. That's why he said, you are a man of my own heart. He humbled himself with fasting. He fasted a lot. David fasted a lot. Amen? So, you find yourself in some mess. You know it's a mess. Don't just brush it away and say everybody is doing it. What do you mean everybody is doing it? You are different. You are supposed to be a man after God's own heart. Go down on your knees. Cry. Say, God, I'm sorry. I know I shouldn't have done this. But I messed up. Please forgive me. Have mercy on me. And get on some fast and say, Lord, I want to set me free from this mess. I'm going to fast today from 6 to 6. I'm not going to eat anything. I'm going to stay in my room and cry out to you. Set me free from this bondage. I don't want to keep doing this. Are you listening? I don't want to keep doing this. I don't want to keep doing this. You find yourself always in that mess. Set me free, Jesus. That's a person who is hungry for God. Are you listening? David said another thing. Look at it. Psalm 27, verse 4. Are you with me? He says, one thing. Everybody say one thing. One thing. One thing. People in this world are going after many things. David was going after one thing. He said, one thing I've asked of the Lord. Just one thing I've asked of the Lord. And that will I seek after. That I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life. Not after I am married. Not after I finish my, 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 my school and I get my career. No, no. David wasn't like that. Is that all the days of my life? Is today part of the days of your life? Yes. Is that that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life? Why? Why? He said, so that I want to just gaze. You know what gaze means? Say gaze. Gaze. Have you seen a young man who's seen a very beautiful woman passing by? What does he do? He gazes. And then, and then the, lady, the lady turns to look at him and then quickly he just tries to pretend that he wasn't looking, you know? But David, David wanted to gaze, are you listening? Not at a woman, 
but he wanted to gaze at the Lord. He wanted to gaze at the beauty. He said to gaze upon the beauty of the Lord and to inquire. Inquire means to ask or to talk to him, to talk to him in his temple. You have said, seek my face, like that invitation from the master, come to my banquet. So the Lord said to David, seek my face. Like the Lord is saying to us, come to my banquet, the banquet table of my love. And David said, my heart says to you, your face, Lord, do I seek. Your face, Lord, do I seek. He's hungry for God. He's not looking after the things God will give him. He's looking after God himself. I want you to give me you. Yeah, you can give me your blessings and stuff, but it's nothing like having yourself. Do you get it? That's how come God said about David, you are a man after my own heart. He said, I just want to gaze upon your beauty. Another thing that gives you an idea of why David was a man after God's own heart. Psalm 73, verse 25 and 26. David said, whom have I in heaven but you? Whom have I in heaven but you? And there is nothing upon earth that I desire besides you. He was the king, Jonathan. David was the king. He, what didn't he have? He had everything. And yet, look at what he's saying. Whom have I in heaven but you? There is nothing upon earth that I desire besides you. What are you desiring for, Beverly? I'm desiring you're designed to see God. Yes. Melissa? Same. Amen? He said, now listen, this is the key. My flesh and my heart, they do what? May fail. Now, we're talking about what? Fasting. David fasted because of his deep desire to see God so much so that his flesh was failing. When you look at him, you can see his bones because his flesh was failing. My flesh and my heart fails. Because he, he said, whom have I in heaven? He wanted to see God. He wanted God so much. I'm telling you, there's an invitation for us in the youth church to come to the banquet table of God's love. You know, and Myra, you have to make a choice. Whether I will come to the invitation or I will find some nice excuse. What? Bless you. Or you find some nice excuse why you cannot go deeper with God now. Oh, um, I, I just want to come around, you know. I just want to come around and just sit at the back and not really get involved and just be cool. And I, I don't want to go deeper. It's not like God, God, you know, it's not like I'm not, I'm stopping. I, I, I don't want to go to church. I'll go to church. Don't, don't worry, God. I, I'll be at church. But I don't want, I, I just don't want all those spiritual stuff. I don't want to go deeper. You know, that's your excuse. Like the one who said, God, you know, I've just married a wife. Or God, you know, I've just bought five yoke of oxen. So I cannot come. God is inviting you, princess. Come deeper. Come. Let's go deeper. You have to respond. Amen? David said, My flesh and my heart may fail, but God 
is the strength of my heart and my portion forever. People have their portions when they go to McDonald's, the burger, Hooper, and what? Angry, angry Hooper? <laughs> How do I say? Hungry Hopper? Hopper. <laughs> angry Hopper. It's a Whopper. Okay, okay. That's Burger King. And then which one is McDonald's? Big Mac, Angus. Oh, so there's, there isn't that Angry Angus? It's Angus Burger. And then there was another one that. Um, Mighty Angus. Mighty Angus. You know? And then there was one that they have, is it three, three burgers in it? Big Mac? Right. How many of you would like if I ordered that one for all of you? You don't like it? But you know, uh, some people have um, some rice with some very nicely grilled chicken and some sauce on it and some veggies and like very very nice portions you know some people have great yeah you can call me hooper you know some people have great portions but look listen what did david say who is his portion he says god is the strength of my heart and my portion forevermore god is my portion you're listening are you? Let's look at this last scripture, I believe, for David. It says, listen to it. Look at, the, look at the scripture. Pay attention. It says, Oh God, you are my God. Early. Everybody say early. Early. Early will I seek you. My soul thirsts for you. My flesh longs for you in a dry and thirsty land where there is no water. In a dry and thirsty land where there is no water, Lord. Uh-huh. And glory as in the sanctuary in a dry and thirsty land. Don't you think, guys, listen, don't you think that the generation we are living in is a dry and thirsty land? How many people do you hear them tell you, I am hungry for God? Zero. People are not chasing for God anymore. Even so-called Christians who come to church every Sunday, they just come and dance and whatever and go home and they go home. It's like God doesn't exist anymore. You see them. It's a dry and thirsty land. People are not going after God. But you. Are you listening? And you. And you. And you. You must say, I am hungry for God. Amen? Let's continue to read it. It says... To see, to see, not to play, not to have fun, but to see. You see, it is when you, when you want God, 
it's a certain strong desire to see something. You know? I'm telling you. It's, it's, it's like I tell you, I mean, I want to see what? Who do I want to see? I want to see Jesus. I want to see God. That desire, like she wanted to see Zion. And who? RJ. When I seen RJ, I was disappointed. When she saw RJ, she was disappointed. You see, but you never see God and be disappointed, right? A certain desire to see. He said to see your power and to see your glory. Are you listening, Hadassah? You listening? To see your power and to see your glory, like I have seen you in the sanctuary, because. Your loving kindness is better than life. Chris, did you know there was something better than life? Yeah. There's something better than life. Right? What's the opposite of life? Death. Death. So, if this is life, life is here. Are you listening? Look at me. This is life. What's the opposite of life? Death. Okay, let's say this is death. This is life. And I'm saying there is something better than life. This is life. This is death. I say choose one. Which one will you choose? This is life. This is death. Which one will you choose? Death will take you to heaven. I don't know. It depends. <laughs> Right. The point that I'm making is that God is better than life. So if in my pursuit of God I even die, it is better than being alive. Do you know that? In my chasing after God, I even die. Is better than being alive. You know, people will do anything to stay alive. There are rich people who have AIDS, HIV AIDS. They will spend millions and millions to buy the drugs, you know, just to keep themselves still going. You know, you die anyways. The, the HIV is going to kill you anyways. But they want to still extend their lives. You know, it's not like there's no cure. There's no cure for HIV AIDS. The, the medicine just delays the death. <laughs> right? But it says, your loving kindness is better than life. My lips shall praise you. Verse 8. This verse, I want you to memorize it. It will help you. Psalm 63, verse 8. My soul follows hard after you. Your right hand upholds me. My soul follows hard. It means it's not easy. It's difficult. If, if I say I want to fast and I say I want to pursue God, I will go through many challenges, but I will still follow hard after God. My soul follows hard after you. Hard after you. All my friends think I'm crazy. All they think I'm, I'm weird and whatever, but I don't care. My soul follows hard after you. Amen? Now let's look at Oh, there's one more for David. I'd have to shorten Jesus' own. But here, David said in Psalm 42, As the deer longs for the water brooks, so longs my soul for you, O God. 
My soul thirsts for God. Amen? For the living God. When shall I come and appear before God? My tears have been my what? My food. Day and night. While they continually say to me, Where is your God? You know, people, people like to make fun of you when you are trying to seek after God. When you are trying to chase after God. You are trying to go deeper with God. Go further with God. People like to make fun of you. Where is this God whom you have been seeking? You know, some, some people jokingly say, You say you are seeking after God. You know, God is not lost. Why are you seeking after him? God is not lost. Like, where is your God? You know, they're joking, making fun of him. But David said, my tears have been my food day and night. Because he's fasting, weeping, crying. Jesus, I want more of you. Jesus, I want you to take hold of my life. Jesus, I want to walk with you. Jesus, I just want you. Weeping. He said, my tears have been my food day and night. Amen? That's funny. All right, let's go on. The passion of Jesus, the beloved Son of God. I'll finish in five minutes. Is that Jesus? You see, Jesus being baptized by John the Baptist, and as he's being baptized, the heavens open, and a dove comes and settles upon him. Right? It's not a dove, actually, when you read it. The Bible says, the Spirit of God descending like a dove. Right? Like. When I say something, it's like something. It doesn't mean it is that thing, right? It's like a dove descending upon him. And then, there was a voice from heaven. What did the voice say? What did the voice say? This is my beloved. You know what beloved means? Beloved means my, the one... Whom I dearly love. Right, Francisca? Beloved means what? The one whom I dearly love. He said, this is my beloved son with whom I am well pleased. Remember what God said about David? This is the man after my own heart. Of your phones. The man after my own heart. And Jesus is saying to him, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. God was pleased with him. And as I read it, I realized that immediately after he said that, the Spirit of God led Jesus into the wilderness to do what? To fast. To fast. You want God? You really want God? And you are eating every day? Like, you, you really want God? You really want to encounter God? And you are eating all the time? Jesus, even Jesus, the Son of God. Look at him. Fasting 40 days and 40 nights. He is God himself. But when he was in a human form, the only way to pursue God is to deny yourself, remember, of the pleasures of this life. Amen? Look at what Jesus was, it was said about him in Hebrews 5, 7 to 8. Bible says, In the days of his flesh, in other words, whilst he walked on earth, he offered up prayers and supplications with strong crying and tears. Remember David? He said, My tears have been my food 
We read of Jesus. And he offered a prayer with strong crying and tears unto him who was able to save him from death and was heard in that he feared. And though he was a son, yet learned he obedience by the things which he suffered. You know, fasting is another form of suffering. Right? Isn't it suffering to go hungry? Yeah. It's, it's, it's difficult. Fasting is not easy. Fasting is not easy. Cry. If somebody tells you fasting is easy, maybe they are not doing it properly. If you are really fasting, it's not easy. Sure. You come to my home right now. The different food. Hey, last week I was telling you, in fact, it has become worse. Different food items that is being made. I said, hey, when I wasn't fasting, where was all this food? Now all this food are being made in the fridge everywhere you pass. The food is calling you. I don't know how the food knew my name. Calls my name. I'm waiting for you. And then I said, no, I'm fasting. It's suffering. He said, though he was a son, yet learned he obedience by the things which he suffered. Look at this scripture in John chapter 4. The disciples were hungry, gone to buy food. Jesus was at the well talking to the Samaritan woman. And so they were going to buy food. And they came, this is after a long time, and they have come with the food, and they said, Jesus, eat something. <laughs> this is food, eat something. Look at his answer. I have food to eat that you do not know about. And then they were wondering, why? Did somebody bring him some food? Jesus said to them, my food is to do the will of my father. My food is to do the will of my father. Amen? Amen. How hungry are you for God? How hungry are you for God? You know, every one of us have to make that choice, you know. It's not a group thing. It's not like youth group where are all going to choose God. It doesn't happen like that. Even twins stand before God alone. They don't stand together. Like Myra and uh, Marvin. You, sta you stand before God differently. Yeah. You have to make that choice for yourself. Are you hungry for God? Amen? So, let's go back to our banquet as we close. The invitation is to all of us. Are you listening? The invitation is to every one of you. The invitation cards, you can see it if you have eyes to see. Your name is written on the invitation card. Princess, you are invited to my banquet. Jonathan, you are invited to my banquet. Chris, you are invited to my banquet. Myra, you are invited to my banquet. Beverly, you are invited to my banquet. Anel, you are invited to my banquet. Kevon, you see your special invitation card with your name on it. Chris, your name is on. <laughs> Judah, your name is on. Special invitation. You know, every one of us, every one of us has our names on that invitation card. You have a choice to respond. You know, it says RSVP by now. Yeah, there's no time to waste. You have to answer that invitation. Look at this last scripture. Will you respond to the invitation to taste of the banquet of God? You have to answer it for yourself. 1 Corinthians 2 verse 9. 
But as scripture says, no eye has seen, no ear has heard, and no mind has imagined the things that God has prepared for those who love him. You have no idea of that banquet that you are being invited to. You, you have no idea, I'm telling you, what God himself, I mean, come on. Can you imagine God putting off his chef clothes, getting into the kitchen himself to prepare food for you? Right? You have to make that decision. Okay? Let's close our eyes. I'll take the questions after we pray, okay? Let's close our eyes. I want you to pray personal prayer for yourself from your heart, my, 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 my dear brethren, from your heart. Tell God. God, I may be far away, like all these things they've been talking about, I've not really been into it, but like now, today, I really hear something different, and I kind of, I'm interested, you know, and I want to really take you on on your invitation to come deeper and go further with you. I want to be into you and like really be serious about it. I don't just want to come around. I just want to be serious about you. Close your eyes and talk to God. Like talk to God, like you're talking to your friend from your heart, just talk to him. Karadosh mahalabasakwiyas. Vela barasukim baratose. Bilom feruski bahasito kayas. Take us deeper. Take us further into all that you have prepared for us, God. Let none of us deny that invitation. Draw us deeper, Lord. Deeper and deeper. Let us go further with you, Jesus. Make us serious about chasing after you. Karadeles komoriyatabaya. Let's be on our feet, please. The Lord is here right now. The Spirit of God is here. Sharalalabakatayas. Zebariandelelebosiki. If you can pray in the Spirit, just speak in tongues. If you are not baptized in the Holy Spirit yet, I want you to yearn in your heart right now. The Spirit of God is here. Marendeles keshundarabakatayas. Shevalam baruske zumbre dele, haha. Yekale paharadoske palandele masi kilem voruske moriadaba. The Lord said He heard your prayer. He's here to give you a hunger for Himself. He's here to give you a hunger for Himself. And I want you to prepare your heart, be ready to receive a certain longing for God like never before. Melovrade yabadoske. Shilom vredos kimaradabahatayas. If you are able to, I would say just lift up your hands if you're able to as a sign of surrender to God. Fill us, O God, with deep hunger for you, a strong longing. As David said, my soul follows hard after you. Set us on a course to pursue after you with all our heart, with all our soul, with all our strength. 
Malipre que se que dunfa la mande se lia da Birth a certain longing that is deep. I calipo shadam veruscle prakitu sapali kalia. Ya zezemeno ye kuria tapayas. Sheruve ye kuria kaziti mahayas. Deposit, Lord, that desire into our hearts now. Maya suramakataya. In the name of Jesus. Taking a deep breath. Taking a deep breath. Thank you, Lord. Receive the Holy Spirit. La Hallelujah. Something has happened. Something has happened. You will begin to desire for God. You will begin to long after God. Don't think that it is something strange that is happening to you. Because I myself have put my love into your heart, says the Lord. Laratos You will come after me. Because I am drawing you after me. Thank you, Jesus. Now let me pray for you. Oh, my Father. Many years ago, you drew, you drew me to yourself. You put a certain longing in my heart that has never left me. And even now, I still long for you. I still yearn for you more than any food, more than anything that life can give me. And I pray the same, even double what you gave me for these ones. That, Lord, a heavy dose of your love will be shed abroad in their heart to pursue after you. In the name of Jesus, thank you that our lives will never be the same again. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. God bless you.